Rangers. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before hello love howdy love hello love how y'all doing where in the world have you been so long I missed you so since you've been gone hello love hello 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 love make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. Come on, love. Come on in. Come on in. Come in, love. And uh, satisfy us, I say. I and just sit down, grab yourself a cup of coffee and orange juice, whatever you're drinking. I've got my S. Pellegrino this morning. What were you? What were you popping? You had a can of something. I thought I saw. Didn't well, I had the uh, the Pepsi. Oh, you had Pepsi a can of Pepsi, Howard. Just brought uh, one, and okay. I'm on the Powerade Zero Fruit Punch. Does it give you a punch? It doesn't. No. Okay. Better than water. <laughs> I have my S. Pellegrino here, and a little bit of coffee is left this morning. 8.10 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 32 at the airport, 31 at the Highlands, 33 in Elm Grove, and 31 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Coming up later on this morning with Wheeling's municipal elections this spring, there are now six candidates running for mayor. Newspaper editor John McCabe and I will talk about this new field of uh, candidates uh, in the 9 o'clock hour of the show. Uh, West Virginia gas prices continue going down. We'll take a look at where they're going and why coming up in the next half hour of the show. It is National Help America Vote Day today. What's that all about? Mac Warner wanted me to pass along some information to you. So Mac's not here, but I will do that. Uh, and um, we'll continue talking about some of the sidelines of the Super Bowl as well. Frontline premiered a docu- will premiere a new documentary tonight on PBS. We talked earlier this morning with the director of the uh, documentary, Democracy on Trial. It's on Frontline tonight on PBS, uh, your local public television station. It's on PBS.org online. It's on uh, YouTube, for that matter. Democracy on Trial. Really good conversation with Michael Kirk this morning. Uh, he's He has won just about every kind of documentary award, writing award, movie award you can possibly win. Uh, if you missed the interview, I highly recommend you check it out. It's already up on our podcast page. You can go to watchdognetwork.com, check it out that way, uh, or you can go to Apple Podcasts. The easiest way to get to our Apple Podcast page is if you have Facebook, go to my Facebook page, and then I've got a link right there that says podcast, and click the podcast, and uh, it will take you straight to our podcast page, and you can listen to the interview this morning with Michael uh, Kirk. It's already up online or any of the other interviews that we have done as uh, as time goes by. Phone lines are open, 304-232-8255, and the text line available, 304-214-1600. Uh, I was saying earlier that I think uh, Taylor Swift is going to kind of get going to get into the mix of the Super Bowl game off the text line. Howard, the San Francisco 49ers are playing the Kansas City Swifts. Swifties. Swifts, yeah, so... Because I said earlier, only 1 in 11 people know who's playing. This guy says, I know who it is. The Kansas City Swifts are playing. All righty, then. 
And that's the way I'm afraid this is going to be the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, the NFL has to be loving this, absolutely loving it, because there's a lot of people that are going to be tuning in just to watch her, just to see, there she is. There look, she is. Look, 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 there she is. Did she make the bet? Did she get from Tokyo to the Super Bowl, <laughs> her to- Tokyo concert the night before? She's going to try and take a 13-hour flight and get to, get to the game in time. We'll have So people will be – and they'll be talking about that on the, on the game too. Yeah, you know what, Did Howard? she make it? I'm a little uh, superstitious myself, you know. I, I think you'd have to almost look at her as a, some sort of good luck charm. You know, you you look up there, she's not there. Ooh-oh. Well, yeah. I, and probably Jason Kelsey's going to feel that way. Well, he's feeling that way for a couple reasons, well. probably. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. <laughs> he's looking for a victory dance, if you know what I'm saying. And you know what? i I, I got to give her credit because it really seems like she's a really decent human yeah, being. Yeah, I agree. You know, she makes a ton of money, and, 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 and that's great. I think it would have been really easy for her to say, you know what, Tokyo? Uh, we're going to reschedule. we yep. got things to do here in America. Yep, yep. Um, all right, 8.13 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, tough time in Jordan yesterday. We'll see how that's uh, playing out as that whole Middle Eastern story just continues to scare the bejabbers out of me. Uh, Tom Scuteri is coming up next. We'll talk about that and also some of the politics here on the home front. That's straight ahead as the Watchdog Morning Show continues. In the heart of Ohio County, there's a leader who stands out from the rest. John Haglock, a dedicated public servant with a passion for keeping our community safe. With over 30 years of law enforcement experience, John Haglock is a seasoned professional who knows how to keep our community safe. John is not just a law enforcement veteran. He's a proud United States Army veteran dedicated to the principles of duty, honor, and service to our great nation. John has also been a recipient of several prestigious awards, including including the West Virginia Prevention Resource Officer of the Year and the U.S. Attorney Champion for Children Award. Vote for experience, dedication, and a leader committed to serving the residents of Ohio County. Vote John Haglock for Sheriff. This advertisement was paid for by the committee to elect John Haglock Sheriff, David F. Cross, Treasurer. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold in Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuard West Virginia. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. You're the poetry man. You make things all right. Yeah. Every Tuesday.
Thursday around this time. It is the Poetry Man, the Poetry Pentagon Reporter. It's uh, Tom Scateri is with us this morning. Good morning, Tom. Howard, good morning. And as I always like to do is try to make my contribution to uh, more the, the conversation that precedes me. I had a good friend who uh, covers the Kansas City Chiefs, and he was telling me that, uh, you know, about the Taylor Swift thing and everything, and he said the best story he was able to write was how Taylor Swift, after the game, um, they said, oh, time to leave. She goes, no, wait, and she helped clean up. <laughs> In other words, picking up the, t- you know, the dishes and glasses from the suite where they were and you know in other words she's a normal person <laughs> and he thought that was just a that was a really good insight you know she gives a lot of money to charity people don't know this about her and uh, she's you know she gives a lot of money to food banks and raises awareness for causes that she believes are important and most people would agree with yeah so i think that you know so i put this post out this morning you know i am a unabashed Steeler fan as we all know and, and glad about and I wanted to point out that this year, Taylor Swift has been to more playoff games than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, you want to take the bet? You know, they're betting, Tom, on whether or not she'll be able to make it from her Tokyo tour back yeah. to the Super Bowl in time. I guess they're taking bets on that. You want to take a bet on that? I think she'll make it. And also, doesn't, doesn't the time work in her advantage? Uh, yeah, probably would. Wouldn't they, it? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think it's a. I remember once when I was in Australia, I actually left Australia, whatever day that was, and arrived in the United States the same day, even though the flight was more than 20 some hours because of the way the day begins and ends. And people say time travel isn't possible. Tom's a, a time traveler, even Howard. He's, 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 he's many things. Yeah, Bob, I'm thinking today is an award winning day today. Uh, we talked last hour with Michael Kirk, who's an award winning documentary producer. He's uh, won 15 Emmys, uh, a wow. variety of different awards, just about every award you can get for documentary filmmaking. You too are an award winning journalist, Tom. I, I am. Thank you. Uh, I've been really blessed. Uh, I won uh, my first big, if I may. Yes. I don't want to. You know, well, first of all, since you guys are so kind about my poetry, I actually shared a prize at the Los Angeles Film Festival uh, two years ago. I shared uh, the prize for best writing and poet, best poetry writing in a movie. Hmm. It was a movie at a poem of mine appeared in several years ago. But uh, I first won my big prize, first big prize, is the Overseas Press Club Award. 1986, I was the Washington-based correspondent for the Lowell, Massachusetts Sun, and I went to Thailand to do a series of stories on Cambodian refugee families mm-hmm. that had been broken up by the war. Some of them lived in Lowell, some of them lived in border refugee camps. Overseas Press Club, smallest newspaper ever, independent newspaper to win an Overseas Press Club. We were very proud of that. I won two or three of those prizes and a couple from the White House Correspondent Association when I was at USA Today, for example, for coverage for foreign news. Also a big deal because USA Today at the time was not known for its foreign coverage. So I, I've been very blessed, uh, you know, and honored by my colleagues. It means a lot to me. I point that out for a because so this is a, 
Let's see, and, and Bob has McCabe, our newspaper editor. Is he is he an award winning newspaper? Kind of figure he's got a couple hanging in his office because right, he came up yeah. at nine o'clock. So that way we have wow, every hour, we are. every hour wow. an award winner here today. But uh, I uh, I just because sometimes people say who's that schmuck you got on Tuesdays uh, at eight o'clock. I just want to point yeah. out that Tom's no schmuck by any stretch of the imagination. Tom, let's get really serious uh, if we can. I want to start off in Jordan. Um, really a. a yeah, I don't. I don't know what word to use. Not a good situation. Let's put it that way. Well, it's it's particularly sad, obviously, when any American uh, troops die in action. Uh, you know, they're out there defending our nation in places that we don't know about. And this is a good example of that. You know, we have these outposts on the Jordan-Syria border that people never talk about. The Pentagon doesn't like to talk about them. Jordan doesn't want to talk about them. They were set up to facilitate the special forces going into Syria. Excuse me, to, to deal with the ISIS threat several years ago, like around 2015. These were reservists, these three individuals who were killed. And this, the particular sad irony of this, Howard, and is that um, the air defenses didn't stop the drone, the killer drone coming in, because at the same time, a U.S. drone was returning to the base. So it got confused on the drones and let the one of the three, there was three attack drones, one of them get through. It hit a housing facility where these three individuals were killed and several others were wounded. Do you think that was intentional? Was that a move on their part where they, they kind of like piggyback trailed that other drone in no. because they would get lucky that way? I just think they got lucky. I don't I don't think that they uh, timed it like that. But you know what, Bob? They could have, and I just don't know about it. I, I don't think that. But, you know, they, they would know that drones come from that base, that that'll that's a, probably a given that and the others this was a base called you know site 22 so you could count up to 22 how many those we have on the border they're watched carefully uh, this is on the border of jordan and syria as i said and it's a big u.s facility in southwest syria called el tanap it is on a highway and its major purpose guys is to interdict supplies coming from iran through iraq through iraq excuse me into Syria to find these militia groups. It's a highway. And so the U.S. has been down there for years, and they don't want to give it up. The Russians have wanted it, that base for a long time as well. So it's, it's one of these things that you, know, you don't hear much about, but it's a very key part of the U.S. Mideast strategy. Here's the embarrassing thing. The briefing yesterday, uh, the, uh, press, the very press person was asked about how many U.S. troops are now in Yemen, and she said there aren't any, and then there are. Now, I know we're talking about Jordan, but, you know, not Yemen, but it talks about these sort of things in the Middle East where we have troops. It's not, you know, publicized. Uh, Tom, what what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about this attack? Gee, that's a question I, it's going to be hard to answer. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of theories on it. The officials speaking on background yesterday, the spin lines, Howard, were the we see several rounds of action as opposed to sort of one massive strike at some point. Um, I, I believe what we will see are increased attacks on these sites in Syria that have these uh, Iran-backed terrorists, militia. I think we may see some larger sites hit. Um, after this drone got through, and Bob, this kind of goes to your comment as well, uh, when, the, when they realized that Americans had been killed, they, meaning the, the terrorists, evacuated some of their locations because they feared that they were going to get hit right away. 
Um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see how this whole what the total response is going to be. And and, and again, yeah. it's, it's likely to come in pieces, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of call for you know or hit Iran. Uh, the the place that might get hit. I, this is an important distinction. It's the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, which is a separate military entity within Iran from the armed forces that funds these terrorist groups, supplies them, advises them, helps them. And those are the individuals who were likely to be targeted. Do you remember when President Trump was in office and they took out Soleimani, who was one of the leaders of that faction in Iran, now, that was a big hit, and there was an assassination in, in Iraq, if you remember. But that's the kind of person, you know, direct links that may be in the crosshairs. Uh, I've said this every week, I think, with you. I get more and more concerned that we get, we're get we getting dragged deeper and yes. deeper into this whole Mideast conflict, the big, broad conflict over there. And this, to me, is simply another example uh, of it. Uh, I agree with you, Howard. I, I think, you know, the, the driving factor behind this is Iran that, that just wants to see how much it can keep getting away with. We keep saying this every week as well, and it's true. These so-called gray zone warfare, you know, where it's pretty clear, you know, John Kirby at the White House says that Iran was behind it, General Ryder at the Pentagon, Iran's behind all this. So they're not, they're, they're saying this in public. And the U.S. apparently is talking to Iran through third channels about this. But, you know, you never know what's really going on. Uh, 825 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Tom Scaterius with us, our national correspondent, Pentagon reporter, and our poet, uh, Poet Laureate here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, uh, Tom, let's come back home for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. The Republicans in Congress, two, two issues seem to be striking me. Number one, they just can't get their act together, particularly in the House I'm talking about. And number two, the, the bow down to Donald Trump is continuing just to absolutely amaze me. It does amaze me as well, although I guess neither of us should be surprised at this point, right? Yeah, because every time we think that that we have seen it all, we haven't. Uh, you know, I'm actually feeling um, sympathy uh, for Mitch McConnell. Not that I don't like him. I mean, it's because, you know, here he has put together with Schumer three people, Democrat and Independent and Republican, put together what seems to be a true bipartisan attempt, attempt to begin to deal with the border, border security. Okay? Yeah, yeah, and you know James Langford, a Republican Congress a senator, excuse me, from Oklahoma, conservative. No one doubts, you know, his conservative credentials. He's one of the three. He's trying to sell it. He says to his colleagues, "Would you at least wait to read it before you reject it?" Essentially, you know, and he said, "This is an amazing step, McConnell. An amazing step." Biden says, "It's an amazing step." You know. Trump doesn't want them to do it because he wants to run on immigration and doesn't want to give Biden a political victory. Uh, that's such a crass abandonment of, you know, American. He, he talks about America first. Well, it's a crass abandonment of American bipartisanship first. And it's driving McConnell, who's not a big fan of Trump, as we know, crazy because he's put together a deal that essentially has given the Republicans a lot of what they have wanted on the border. And having the assurances as well, Howard, by House Re- Democrats that they would support the Senate bill, House Democrats. So, you know, you have it pretty well lined up to get what you want. And he also, he, McConnell, also does want money for Ukraine. Let's be clear about that. So he sees this as a victory for him and his party. And Biden has come 
a long uh, to, to sign off on this long deal way. is a long yeah. way for Biden to have come from where he started on this whole border security thing. Uh, so right. it, it is almost the the textbook definition of a I don't know if comp- I always worry about the word compromise, but yeah, uh, I, I of a you. bipartisan agreement that seems to make sense. Everybody comes a little bit closer yeah. to each other, uh, and then Trump. And it's. I don't hey, think there's any argument. Talk. It is. It is a hundred percent political for political reasons. Trump wants to stop the deal. Right. And I want to add to what you just said. I don't. You know, compromise sounds bad. I, I like it. You're. It's a weak bill, and it's not. It, you're right. It's a great bipartisan bill, and it's a strong first step. And everybody is saying it's a first step as well. So no one's pretending it's the panacea, but it's the first step on a very complicated problem at our border, a very challenging problem that needs to be addressed. And you're right, and it's Trump now who's interfering with it, particularly in, in the House, which, of course, is a mess, as you pointed out. Yeah, the House is a mess. <laughs> you know, Mike Johnson, I, well, anybody who's been Speaker, uh, certainly this last past year, has to wonder. But I, Mike Johnson, he has to be going, what did I get into? Why am I even here? Well, I don't know about that, actually. You know, I, I would say Kevin McCarthy, yeah. But Johnson seems to be uh, okay with what he's doing. Well, he's certainly taking a lot of flack from inside his own party. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I will say this, I guess, to, to your point, he seems to be more willing to stand by his guns um, than maybe McCarthy or others did. I mean, he, yeah. he does seem to be he, – he's, he's losing some of his support by the, the right caucus, but he's, he's kind of sticking by his guns. This is what I want to do. So maybe, maybe that's a good sign. That's the sign of a good speaker, I guess. And part of me, totally logical on this, I admit, part of me thinks that, you know, he might at some point, for some reason, at some moment, for some issue, strike a deal with the Democrats. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Donald Trump this uh, this week, because I've been making a point about this, and, and I, I think I'm, I'm right. Trump keeps, and it ties in with the the fact that the, the elected leaders in the Republican Party are bowing down to him. I think they're afraid of him. You know, Trump speaks and they go, yes, boss, what do you want us to do, boss? Because they're afraid of him. That's my assessment in general. But we saw this week with the E. Jean Carroll um, d- damages that uh, a jury is not necessarily as afraid of him as elected officials are. And I think if we broaden that out and look at, I've been mentioning this point, the four uh, grand juries that indicted him in the four different cases um, are, are, are average citizens. You know, Trump keeps saying it's the Biden-directed Justice Department, the deep state doing this. These decisions have all been made by average Americans. I'm beginning to think while the, the Republican leadership is, is afraid of him, American citizens sitting on a jury maybe are not. I think you make a good point, and, and I'm even willing to extrapolate and broaden it a little bit. Uh, you know, the people who agree with Donald Trump on his accusations about the court system are people who are Trump believers already. I, I don't think that the people who are the so-called the undecided pool that are going to decide this election um, necessarily agree with that, that they see, as you point out, these are average citizens. And they can, listen, you want to point to New York as a liberal state, that's fine, but you can't point to Georgia and Florida or any place else, those states as liberal states. Right. Right? Despite the fact that Georgia voted for Biden, you know, no one's going to, it's a Republican governor, it's a conservative state overall. So if you want to dismiss, you know, the New York verdict says of being in a liberal city and a liberal state, that's one thing, but people won't do that with the others. These are pretty 
you know, square Americans on these juries and, and grand juries that are doing this. And you're saying they're not afraid to vote for Trump, uh, you know, vote to indict Trump. You look at the uh, E. Jean Carroll case um, just as an example, because he was unbelievably belligerent in the courtroom, got up and walked Incredibly. out during the pre- the uh, the uh, the prosecutor's uh, closing statements. He kept muttering out loud to the point the judge had to say, you know, basically say shut up. Didn't say that, but basically said shut up, <coughs> Mr. Trump. I mean, he did his very best to be his usual bullying self, and it didn't work. No, it didn't. And I also think, there's, you know, I look for irony in life and so much of it. And I thought the irony of it, it it's a, also, besides being a testament to all what you just said about him and his personality that he's gotten away with for so long, um, it's also a clear indication of just how bad a business person he is. He could have got out of this for $5 million. And he continued and continued. Now, what is it, $83 million? That's right, 83, 83 million. I saw, I saw. I don't know where the number came from. I saw eighty-eight million. Somebody said yesterday, but I was eighty-three point okay. three, something like that. Maybe that's on top of the five million from before. Uh, well, that, that, <laughs> that, that maybe that makes it eighty-eight. Then I don't know. But remember, the first judgment was five million. But the point I'm making, and I think you're conf- concurring with it here, is, uh, and again, look, look at the, look at all of the indictments. Now they weren't convictions, but they were grand jury indictments. Yes, citizens of those four jurisdictions all said together, we believe this man is, we believe there's enough evidence to take this man to trial. They weren't yeah. afraid to, to say, no, no, it's Donald Trump. He, nothing can happen to him. I, I, and Trump wants to keep talking about, you know, it's the deep state, it's the Biden Justice Department, it's a political witch hunt and so on. But these aren't, it's not Joe Biden, it's not even the prosecutors. These are individual citizens sitting on a grand jury or a, or a regular jury who are uh, deciding that Trump is, is not perfect. Yeah, and the other thing I like about a grand jury, you know, there's all those things about it. Oh, you can indict a ham sandwich in front of a grand jury if you brought the right case, et cetera. That's so true. But Donald Trump has proven to be the exception to all the rules. And in this case, he was not the exception. He was indicted. Right. It'll be interesting. Um to see how this whole thing plays out. When's South Carolina now, Aaron? Is that next? Is it February? Primary in South Carolina? A week? We're a week away. Am I right? Two weeks away? I, I, I don't know. I lost track. Yeah. And we'll see what happens down there. Nikki Haley uh, does he? Is it a, well? Nikki Haley has said she's staying in until Super Tuesday, and then probably will drop out. I think I saw that somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to dissuade anything. I think that Trump seemingly is on the path to, at this point, to you know, get enough delegates by Super Tuesday. So it, it may not matter. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, to me, I, it's it's a foregone conclusion in my mind that Donald Trump is the nominee. I, I, I think there was value of having um, some opposition candidates, you know, make a stab at it, um, and he, Haley sticking in maybe for a little bit just to make a point. Uh, but Trump is going to be the nominee, which then puts us in a precarious situation. What happens next? What happens if the nominee ends up becoming the convicted nominee? You know, yeah. Um, and that's a that's a distinct possibility. So uh, we live in very interesting times. <laughs> Tom, I appreciate your time as I always do. Thank you very much, sir. We will uh, do it again next week. Thanks, Howard, for your time. Bye bye. All right, Tom Scateri, national correspondent, Pentagon reporter, and poet laureate of the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 835, 25 till the hour here. Uh, text line, Frio, Frio Stack Auction Service, text line 304-214-1600. Gee, Howard, 
You're like MSNBC. All you ever talk about is Trump. Why don't you talk about all the great Democratic candidates? Well, we've had Glenn Elliott on quite a good bit. Um, I talk about Trump because he is perhaps the single most dangerous uh, thing in America that has ever come down the pike. There's a reason that the documentary we talked about earlier is called Democracy on Trial. Uh, this is, this is, a, this is a, an election for and trials for the soul of this country. I'm not talking about policy souls. I'm not talking about left or right. I'm talk, talking about do we maintain our constitutional Republican democracy? Why do I talk a lot about Trump? Because he is the central figure of an effort to destroy America. That's why I talk about him. But I appreciate your text. 304-214-1600. Let's see what's happening around the Upper Ohio Valley. For that, we go to Taylor Long over in the newsroom at WTRF-TV. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 30th. According to officials, a Jefferson County home is a total loss following a fire last night. They say the fire at 115 Euclid Avenue was a total loss. Upon arrival, crews were met with heavy fire out of the first and second floor. Crews from Amsterdam, East Springfield, Burgles, and Unionport and Loud Township extinguished the fire. No injuries were reported. Crews were on scene throughout Monday evening working to extinguish hot spots. Stay with 7 News for updates. And some continuing coverage now about a fatal shooting Friday night in Jefferson County. Per police reports, the individual who was fatally shot in the incident on Friday night was identified as Jezerick Bryden, an 18-year-old from Steubenville. The shooting took place in the 1300 block of Maryland Avenue shortly after 9 p.m. Officials say another man was injured and taken to a Pittsburgh hospital. Police are saying they believe both men were armed and got into some type of altercation. If you have any information, you can call police at 740-283-6090. And following the evidentiary hearing, residents got the chance to have their concerns heard in a public comment hearing last night. A couple dozen residents came out to ask their questions and in many cases vent their frustrations at officials over the ongoing water issues in Payton City. Some of the most common concerns centered on infrequent updates to the public with several residents saying they're unsure if the water is safe at any given time. Many also believe that this situation could have been avoided. Stay with 7 News for updates. Ohio legislators, including Representatives Brett Hillier and Kevin Miller, are proposing the Tuscarawas Valley Memorial Highway to honor the six victims of the Tuskegee Valley bus accident. In a statement, Representative Hillier said in part, quote, The establishment of this highway is a small way to honor the lives and legacies for generations to come, end quote. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. In addition to the Mountaineer football coaching staff, another honor for Mountaineer baseball player J.J. Weatherholt and the WV women's basketball team looks for a sweep over UCF. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. Those stories coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Some news and notes coming out of the Mountaineer Athletic Department on Monday. Neil Brown has announced the official hiring of Victor Cabral as a West Virginia assistant coach. He will take over as the outside linebackers coach. He replaces Dante Wright, who had been coaching the Mountaineer safeties. Wright leaves to become the defensive coordinator at Troy. So next season, you will have a defensive unit coordinated by Jordan Leslie. Andrew Jackson will remain in as the defensive line coach. Jeff Kuntz will take over the WV inside linebackers. And co-defensive coordinator Shadon Brown will add safeties to his current position as the cornerbacks coach. Other news from the world of the Mountaineers. Another honor for baseball standout J.J. Weatherholt. He has been named as a D1 preseason All-American. It's the third preseason honor for Weatherholt. He's also been named the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year and an overall All-American by Perfect Game. Meanwhile, Tonight, coming up inside the WVU Coliseum, the WVU women's team will try to go for a season sweep over UCF. It's going to be a special game at the Coliseum in that former WVU head coach Mike Carey now serves as an assistant coach at UCF. And before tonight's game at the Coliseum, Carey will be honored and recognized for his contributions to the Mountaineer program. So West Virginia goes for the sweep tonight against UCF. We'll have it for you here on MSN. Pre-game begins at 645. The opening tip set to go at 7. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Checking the temperatures, uh, not much movement at all. Picked up one degree at the airport, 33 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, one degree at the Highlands where it's 32. Uh, still 33 in Elm Grove. What do you have here? Still 31? No, we're up to 33. 33. So, again, right around freezing everywhere. 33, 32, 33, 33. It is uh, a freezing morning this morning. Mostly cloudy skies throughout the day. Chance of rain showers in the evening tonight. Temperatures in the mid-40s. Today is Help America Vote Day. Uh, and I mentioned that uh, Mac Warner had uh, 
his team had asked me if Mac could come on and talk about this today. And I've explained to Mac and his team, and I think I've explained on the air here as well, although I, as Secretary of State, he has a variety of reasons to be on this show. I'm very cautious now. Now the filing period is over, and we have all of the gubernatorial candidates officially running for a governor in West Virginia. Uh, it's a little antsy for me to bring the Secretary of State on as much as I used to, even though I always bring him on in his capacity as Secretary of State, not as a candidate. Uh, however, I did tell Mac Warner I would uh, you know, bring this to your attention. Uh, this is Help America Vote Day. It is a day established by the U.S. Election Assistance Commission to encourage people to get involved in the electoral process by volunteering to be poll workers. We've talked about this before, Bob. There's a real need for poll workers uh, anymore. Um, you know, I think at my polling place, I, all my adult life, the same little old ladies have been there. I, you know, some of them just, they're getting tired, especially after the pandemic. They decided not to, you know, they stay home. So even for the free pizza, uh, there's there's still a need for new poll workers. So get in touch with the county clerk office if you're interested. Uh, they always can use additional poll workers. According to Secretary of State Mac Warner, we never really know how many alternate workers we need for the election. So we try to recruit and get as many. You get paid for the day. You get paid for a couple training. A hundred bucks. Yeah, and you get paid for the training. And, Eat uh, pizza. And, you, and pizza. That's Hassel it. Howard when he walks in. That's <laughs> I'm sorry, here's the, here's the Republican ballot for you, sir. No, that's not what I want. Well, that's what you're going to get. No, you, you wouldn't do that because you would be properly trained. But anyway, Help America Vote Day today. And today is simply a day to call attention to the fact that poll workers are important and they're needed. Uh, and I think we've relied for an awful lot of years, Bob, on the same old poll workers over and over again. Uh, and I don't mean old. Well, I guess I do mean old as an age. But I mean, just, you know, year after year after year, you go to the polling place, they're the same people there. Uh, and there's need for refreshing that, so that could be you. So give it, a, give it a thought. Yeah, make a couple bucks. Eight forty-five, quarter till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Nancy and I are still struggling trying to find something good to watch on TV. Ooh, maybe I have something for uh, you because I, you know, we're now we we are still watching NCIS every night. But honestly, we are literally they've been on what twenty seasons, twenty-two seasons. We are in the final season of rerun. I mean, we've watched every episode again. We got one or two done, and then we're out of. The, you know, we're we're done. I got to find something good to watch. You you watching anything good? I am, and I we <clears throat> talked about it a little bit. I purpose purposely let it uh, build up a little bit, and I'm talking about season four of True Detective on HBO. Oh, okay. now you remember it started out uh, years ago. With uh, Woody Harrelson and what's that good-looking guy from Texas, Matthew McConaughey, and that that was an absolutely top-notch. It was that season one True Detective award-winning. Maybe it was literally award, but I mean it was absolutely. Season two came out and was very disappointing. Yeah. And I've never gone back and watched them again because season two disappointed me. So Three much. was good, not nearly as good as one. But I'll tell you where I was, Howard. I wasn't the biggest Woody Harrelson fan, and I pretty much thought that I wanted nothing to do with Matthew McConaughey until I watched that. And I am just big fans of both of theirs now. Uh, just, just tremendous. So... A lot of expectations. And like Howard said, no matter who it was, I think season two was going to be a bust because of just how good season one was. Right. Season two or season three was good. Okay, we'll see about season four. What we did know was that it took place in Alaska. Ever heard of Ennis, Alaska, Howard? Ennis? I don't think Ennis. so, no. Sounds like it's a real place. And uh, it's way, way up there. And uh, Jodie Foster is the star. 
Okay. okay, so that's what I knew going in. All right, I'm not really crazy about the Alaskan uh, locale. Know, yeah, not, not you know why can't it be you know tropical beaches? Howard, that's what I, <laughs> that's what I was looking for. You know they bundle up pretty good up yeah, there. Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, pal. So I gave it a try, and last night I was so I had three build up. Okay, three hours of uh, quality TV. I'm hoping. So I'm just getting into it. I'm just easing into. Uh, episode number two and you know you, you know that relaxed feeling howard your belly's full you pull the blankie up you're nice and warm yeah, we're just talking. you and your tv and the phone rings oh no <laughs> and it's jerry ames and before i even answer say hey, what's up jerry i know something ain't right oh no hey bob you working the game tonight uh what game jerry <laughs> well Okay, to make a long story short, my neat, my TV plans were interrupted. You, you had to give up on Ennis, Alaska I had to jump up. Yeah, I had to jump up out of there and storm out of the house. So the good news is I still have a, an episode and a, almost a full one uh, to go, Dude. Howard. Well, is it any good? It starts out where it damn near lost me. Really? Again, it started out. Now, again, someone like you, you know, I know that I'm going to think. I, in fact, I might even take a note or two because I want to be up. I, this is a this is a true detective. Something has happened here in this storyline that they have to solve this. And it starts out kind of peculiar, kind of like where you're going, oh, man, where are they going with this? Where in the hell are they going with this? But you got to stay stay true, and it comes back around. And I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm hooked. I'll give it a try then. I mean, I, I, like you, I, I was, I loved season one. I, it was be hard to beat that, you and can't. that was the problem. It, you couldn't you beat can't. it. Yeah. Season two was in my mind just a dud, an absolute dud. And as so often happens, I was then. Oh, that's it. Okay, I'm not going to even try season three. I just didn't even bother with it. And season three was a storyline where these detectives were young, and the case was not solved until they were old men battling dementia. That was the storyline for season three. These guys were young men, and then it wasn't solved until decades later. But this one, Howard, is unique. And I'll just say one thing about the about it. The the Jodie Foster character, who is the main character, the star. Is she a detective? She is, and she's the chief of police. Not a very likable character. So it, a little different, you but know. Sometimes that sometimes that's a neat uh, a twist on things when the, the the hero is not likable. And we're talking what thirty, maybe forty years. Jeez, I lost time when she was uh, her Sterling, Starling when she was she won the Academy Award. In the Silence but, of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah. Totally different here. To totally, totally different. You know, she's older plus not nearly as likable. But give Clarice. Yeah, Clarice, yes. Give it a chance, Howard. I, I, I think right, you'll like sounds, it. That sounds like something worth watching now. I'll give that a try. Uh, answer to your question. Did a quick check here. Annis, Alaska is not real. Oh, so they just come up with that. It is a, uh, a made-up town. Um, I don't know. Why or who or what, but it's a made-up town. Kind of like Sicily, Alaska. The, the, the last time I had a show that I liked about Alaska, Northern Exposure. I was hoping it would be a real town, only because I've been to Alaska. I loved Alaska. Well, one of my favorite vacation spot. I mean, I absolutely loved the Alaska trip that we took, two weeks in Alaska. I thought, well, maybe it'll be a place I've been, but I ain't been to Ennis because there ain't no Ennis. They fooled me, Howard. I, for sure. I thought, yeah, okay. If any of the rest place. of you have any suggestions for good TV, Nancy and I are just, every night we sit and watch TV. And, um, yes, we still watch Perry Mason. For those who ask about that, we still watch Perry Mason. That's like our last thing of the night. 
You ready for an episode of Perry? We'll turn on Perry for one last episode. That's of not Perry. alarming, Howard. If you're surprised at the end, I never saw that coming. I mean, you had to see every episode what twenty times? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And every episode is the same, anyways. If I haven't Aha! seen, if I haven't seen the episode, I know how it ends. So we watch Perry Mason. NCIS is our big thing. You know, you and I have talked about this many times, Bob. Since we're talking television and NCIS, because I'm watching a lot of reruns. I still watch it, and it's okay. But, man, it, it is nothing like it was in the old days when you had Denoso and, um, and Ziva and the whole – I mean, it's just it – is, it is nothing like that at all. You'd and, have of course, to, now you don't even have Gibbs on the show anymore. You'd have to pay me to watch it. It's not bad. I mean, I, it, it, it is it, – it, it's an okay show. It's just not – it's not, not nowhere near what it used to be in its heyday. Well, you, I mean, you hit it right on the head. You said, what, 22, 23 years old. So, okay, let's do a little quick math here. Leroy Jethro Gibbs was, what, in his 40s, maybe late 40s yeah. when, the, when the show started, maybe pushing 50, Howard? Yeah. So I, that have him pushing 80. So that's what happened to Leroy uh, Jethro Gibbs. He just got old. Last night was an episode. We watched an episode where it's, it's one of the ones on his way out. He's already been suspended. And soon he's going to go to Alaska, speaking of Alaska, go away and, and leave the show. And I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, man, does he look old? I mean, not just fate, fate he just looks old. He looks old and, and withered. Well, yeah, and he was a good-looking guy, yeah. Mark Harmon, good-looking guy. I bet he was closer to 60 or 60 when that series started. I bet I bet Mark Harmon is pushing 80 or or is is 80. Let me do a break. I'll check on that while I take care of business here. It's 8.53, 7 till the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Join the Nailers for a family fun Pups and Pucks night, Saturday, February 3rd. Bring your dog to the game. Meet Clifford, the big red dog, courtesy WVPB. All furry friends receive a free doggy bowl. Take part in the on-ice puppy parade during intermission. And signature Saturday, two-player sign autographs. Pup Drop 710. Get tickets now for Pups and Pucks Night. Call 304-234-GOLD or go to wheelingnailers.com. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. Over the past five years, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has helped over 1,500 hardworking Ohio Valley residents obtain financing on the vehicle of their dreams. We have experienced tremendous growth, which has allowed us more financing to further help our fellow residents. From second chance finance to very competitive rates and terms, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has it all with inventory to fit everyone's needs. 
That's Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto, your largest independent area used car depot in the Respects Plaza in Elm Grove. Like us on Facebook, check out our website, mattjonespreowned.com, or give us a call, 304-905-8302. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Louis Armstrong there, what a wonderful world. Uh, you will appreciate this, Bob, in a you know laughing at me kind of way. Uh, in the car yesterday. Uh, Louis, it was a duet with Louis Armstrong. This song, you know, that was a made-up duet. I mean, they didn't do it together, but they made it together. Louis Armstrong and Barry Manilow. Oh, geez, you were in heaven. You were telling everybody, <laughs> be quiet. Let me <laughs> listen to this. It was just great. Four before the hour here, Watchdog Morning Show, talking about television a bit here. Good shows to watch off the text line, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Reacher. And Lawman Bass Reeves are good. Yes, I have watched Reacher. I've read every Reacher book that Lee Child has written. Uh, and the, uh, the season two of the Reacher series is complete, and I've watched it. It wasn't nearly as good as season one, uh, but it was, it, was, it was good to watch. It was, you know, it's, just, it's, not, um, it's not really working your mind very much because it's just basically a Reacher beaten up on people but it's okay and uh, lawman bass reeves i have um i started to watch it haven't finished it i watched a couple of episodes uh the reason i started watching that is you know where i first heard of bass reeves i do not reverend cummings told us here he, oh i remember bass that reeves yeah. is considered to be he's black isn't black african-american he's considered to be perhaps the real lone ranger the real Lone Ranger. Couldn't show his face, so he had to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's it's a good show. I've only watched a couple of episodes, but it is, I agree with you, sir, it, or ma'am, whoever sent it to me. It is a, a good uh, good episode. Let me see what I have here. Okay, this is really, really long. I'll get to that later. Uh, Mark Harmon. Uh, we were talking about Mark Harmon on NCIS. He is 72 years old, according to uh, one of our texters. It's so, your next birthday, right, Howard? Well, pretty close. He's, a, he's he's really just about a year older than I am. So did I just say he was really, really old, looked old? Did yeah, I, I thought so, too. But, man. Yeah, no, he's uh, 72 years old. I would have I'd have went all in. I just, I'd have bet he was closer to 80 than closer to 70, but I would have been wrong. He, he's been off the show for two years, so he would have left the show about when he was 70, about my age. Um, you know they're going to do a prequel, and he's going to narrate it. He will not be on screen, but he's going to narrate it, kind of like that young Sheldon show does. It's going to go back to the early days of NCIS, and he will be the voice narrating how NCIS got started and how they all got together and so on. Um, that's either going to be really good or disaster. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I thought of Jim Parsons being the narrator for Young Sheldon. So, yeah, it, it might. It, it all comes down to the right. Well, and I said the same thing about Young Sheldon when that was first announced. I said, oh, this is either going to be really good or a disaster. It turned out to be a good show. They made it They made it work, Young Sheldon. You know why I hated that show? Young Sheldon? Because they contradicted themselves. A couple times. If did. you go early in the yep. uh, B- Big Bang episodes, Sheldon described his uh, dad. He was a football coach, but he was a womanizer. He would uh, drag him off to 
uh, bars occasionally, and they made him out to be uh, just a really, really a bad good dad. Da- yeah, yeah. In in Big Bang Theory, right? But no, he was com- almost a complete opposite. He was just a, a, a fuzzy a little fuzzball in the in uh, young Mormon fuzzy, yeah. So, um, yeah, those were um, those some good show ideas. If you have any more, uh, you can text them in to me. I, we'll keep on watching NCIS if we have to. <laughs> 9 o'clock, Watchdog Morning Show. Back to the mayor's race in Wheeling coming up next hour. John McCabe is in. I thought he and I need to revisit our conversation of Friday in light of all the new candidates who have been in the field. That's coming up next. I think to myself, what a wonderful 